Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Have you ever felt like you've tried everything to heal from the pain of sexual abuse and yet nothing seems to really be helping? Well, one of the reasons why most people struggle to break free from the pain of past child abuse is because the techniques out there are positioned as a one-size-fits-all answer. What I want you to know is that there are actually three distinct phases on the path to recovery. And I'd love to share with you about these phases, what issues you must resolve to move to the next phase, and what kinds of support you'll need in order to move forward as quickly and completely as possible. The road to recovery is much easier when you know what stage you're in and what to do next. So don't hesitate. Go to www.rachelgrantcoaching.com checklist and get your nine-page guide today. Now, on to our show. Welcome everyone to Beyond Surviving, the safe space for survivors of childhood sexual abuse to receive support, resources, and share their stories. Beyond Surviving is about freedom, healing, connection, and even laughter and fun. Most importantly, it's about letting go of the pain of abuse and finally moving on. I'm Rachel Grant, and for those of you who don't yet know me, I've been a sexual abuse recovery coach since 2007, and I'm the author of Beyond Surviving, The Final Stage of Recovery from Sexual Abuse. I work with survivors who are sick and tired of feeling broken and unfixable, and I help them break free from the pain of abuse and live the lives they want. You can learn more about me and the Beyond Surviving program at www.rachelgrantcoaching.com. 
Now today, folks, I am so excited to have here with me my guest, Matt Pappas, who is going to be sharing with us about being a male survivor of childhood sexual abuse and also his work as a certified life coach. So let me tell you a little more about Matt. He is indeed a certified life coach, and he specializes in overcoming anxiety and trauma survivor coaching. He's a blogger and a podcaster. He actually founded Surviving My Past, a blog in support of all who have survived the trauma of abuse. And he started Surviving My Past originally as kind of like just a personal therapy blog, right? Like a place for it to, to help, you know, aid him as he was doing some, you know, intense therapy work, but found out pretty quickly that he was not alone as a survivor. And now that blog has grown into a full-blown advocacy website, which has his podcast and videos for not only his story, but also the story of other survivors who refuse to be silent. I've had the great honor of being on Matt's podcast, and it's amazing, so I highly, highly recommend you all go and check that out. Through writing and sharing his story and working with a trauma-informed coach, Matt found his calling, and now he's coaching himself and working with clients and doing advocacy work to help others who are working to overcome their past and discover their true, authentic self. So we have so much to, to glean from our time here today with Matt, so let's not waste another second. Let's get to it. Hi, Matt. Rachel, what's happening? How are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So, so wonderful to be here. You know, to, as I was saying, we get to turn the tables a little bit today. I've been on your podcast a couple of times, and now it's really lovely to have you here as my guest and, and get to highlight you and your journey and, and the work that you're doing these days, which I'm so excited to hear more about. Well, thank so, you. I definitely appreciate it, and I am excited to be here on your show. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. So... To get us started, I want to hear a little bit about your journey and, and your your story. And, and one thing I'm really curious about is, you know, when did you first realize that you were a survivor? And, you know, what made you seek out help there in the beginning? Well, my journey as a survivor really started um, several years ago. I had um, just recently had my uh, marriage uh, had ended in divorce. And I sought out the help of a therapist, <clears throat> excuse me. And so I was originally seeking out the help of a therapist just to kind of, you know, start to put my life back together. You know, I'm single now. I'm, I'm a single dad. What am I going to do, et cetera, et cetera. So and then um, <clears throat> working through the, that stuff with a the therapist that kind of came out through some writing exercises that I was a survivor of trauma. And so when that, when that came out, just in the own kind of general conversation and through therapy work, we immediately started to focus on that. Um, you know, as I said, the memory just kind of came up randomly. Uh, we started talking about it and working through it for the next, you know, couple of years or so. And so through that process, I began writing, just, you know, a personal journal and that kind of thing. And I realized just how helpful writing was for me, how therapeutic it was, how much it really helped me get my thoughts and my feelings out. Hmm. And so I really started to really kind of dive into this whole survivor thing really in like 2014 and 2015. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, all the while realizing that, <clears throat> excuse me, the childhood trauma that I had endured happened uh, between when I was five and 10. So I had suppressed it for, you know, well over 30 years. Yeah. Didn't think about it, didn't care about it, didn't affect me, it's in the past, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, and of course, realizing through the therapy work and through my writing that, um, you know, as you know, um, as well, that so many things come back to being, you know, a survivor of trauma in your life. Things right. like low self-esteem, lots of anxiety, relationship problems, um, just anything and anything can really be traced back to childhood trauma. And I found that out. And once I realized that, I'm like, oh, my God, this makes so much sense of all the things I had gone through in my life. You know, so many of the relationship problems, the bullying in school, the being a survivor, all the anxiety, the low self-esteem, uh, you know, the lack of confidence in myself, everything, everything was traced back. So once I started to realize that through the writing and therapy, then I started to really dive into it. I started doing research and, and, and reading books and watching videos and, of course, writing more about it. And once I started to realize that, you know, writing about it was so helpful, I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll kind of put it online and see what happens. And then that's how Survive My Task was born, um, you know, in early 2016 by just me making a random blog called survivingmypast.net and putting some stories up there and just realizing that people were reading them and they were commenting and sharing. And I was realizing, hey, I'm not alone here. And, of course, you know, the, the, the survivor community is just huge. It's just huge all over the world. And I felt such a connection with the community. And that's really kind of helped fuel the blogging. And, of course, you know, it also turned into the podcasting, the videos, and, you know, all that type of stuff. So it's been a journey that started between 5 and 10 when I was sexually abused by a teenager up and then kind of put it on hold and didn't deal with it for 30-some years and then randomly came out in a therapy session for something that wasn't even related, and that's kind of how it all got started. Wow, yeah, Matt, thanks so much for sharing, you know, a bit of your story with us. And, you know, one of the things that really jumps out to me um, from that is this experience of the the pause, right, the being on hold and um, it coming through to you, you know, in therapy where, you know, you weren't necessarily looking for it, right, you weren't going for that, but it really showed up and, and came forward for you. And I know for a lot of my clients and a lot of the people in my community, um, who have a similar experience, there can be, you know, um, just layers, you know, there are a lot of emotions around that. And it can be jarring, it can be unsettling. And I wonder if you can just speak to a little bit about how you kind of navigated that moment where it went from being this thing that had been kind of tucked away, not looked at, you know, to something that was now like, wow, I've really got to take a look at this. Does does anything come to mind about what that process was like for you or what you did to kind of navigate that you think might be of help to others who are listening who are in a similar, similar place? Well, I tell you, I mean, <clears throat> obviously it was very difficult. You know, I mean, anytime you start to realize and open up to somebody that you, you are a survivor of trauma and you endured something that nobody should ever have to go through, something painful and personal and private and scary and, you know, all these emotions. And when you start to work through it, for me, um, my therapist did a great job of creating a very safe place. So I felt safe. I felt secure. Um, you know, we had built up a rapport over, you know, about six months or so before I really started diving into the whole trauma thing. So I felt a good connection with her. I felt like she was somebody I could trust. So when it kind of came out that I was a survivor, um, it wasn't, believe it or not, it wasn't as hard as what I thought it would be. Um, and I know that, you know, that that may sound very weird, you know, because you're talking about somebody who, you know, survived childhood sexual abuse. But I think it was such a relief. Mm. Really, to just start talking about it, to start writing about yeah. it, to start to to admit out loud that you know to somebody 
that that obviously you know is that I trust them, of course, which is crucial. You know, you have to be able to trust the person, right? Um, and deem them a safe person. But I really felt a sigh of relief, and then this this empowering feeling of okay, it's out there. I said it. Now, what's involved with this? Like, you know, what else? Is, mm. you know, what other feelings are there going along with it? So. I kind of took it upon myself to really embrace this challenge. And that's not to say that everything was hunky-dory and I was happy all the time and everything was teaching. You know, it was very difficult, (laughs) hard work. There were were a lot of tears. You know, there were a lot of anger, a lot of cursing, a lot of, you know, just frustration, Mm -hmm. a lot of, you you know, feeling depressed and all that. But through it all, I realized that I was on to something here. I was on to something that was going to uncover a ton of answers, a ton of mysteries reasons why all my life I struggled in so many areas. And when I and when I started to put two and two together and realize how everything was so interconnected, <clears throat> I got more empowered to figure out more and figure out why. And I started doing research and learning about how the brain is affected by trauma and how it affects, you know, your immune system and everything about you. And so it was very emotional uh for me. As I as I said, it was very empowering once I was able to initially say those words that, you know, I'm a survivor. And to hear somebody tell me that I'm a survivor. So when I started doing that, I really just kind of took the bull by the horns, for lack of a better term, and just started really diving into what it means to be a survivor and why I feel the way that I do. So, you know, I I work with clients and, of course, you know, through the blog and the stories and everything, so many people, you know, deal with it in so many different ways and it's so emotional and, um, you know, I just really think <clears throat> I took it upon myself to really just use it as a learning experience mm. to try mm-hmm. and understand what happened and to kind of take the next step forward so that I didn't spend the next 30 years of my life feeling like I did for the first 30-some years. Right on. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, that's such a an important part of um, of my work as well is really finding, you know, helping and supporting people in finding their way to what's next, right? So that our lives mm-hmm. are not, you know, constantly being, you know, informed or interrupted by um, or a result of things that occurred in the past. And, and to get there, I love what you were saying about, you know, lots of different pathways and different things that help and work. And you've already talked a little bit about how writing, was just so healing and helpful for you on so many different levels. Where there are other things um, that you would say played kind of a key role, other strategies or techniques or things that you did that were especially helpful in your healing? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of different techniques and things that I learned. Um, obviously, writing was one of the first things and one of the key things that's helped me um, and still does now. You know, I still write, I still blog. Um, of course, podcasting is also a big part of it because I can not only share my story through my voice, but of course, you know, interact with other survivors and coaches and advocates and, um, you know, really kind of get their take on it as well. So that's been healing for me to have an interaction in the survivor community. That's a huge part. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, get, getting my voice out there and participating in, in like, you know, online chats and, and Facebook groups and places where other people are coming to, to share their story. Um, so I don't feel alone and to understand, you know, the feelings that I have, you know, other people have the same thing and, you know, being able for me to tell my story is obviously helps a lot of people as well. So it's kind of, you know, it works both ways in that sense. Uh, some other things, of course, um, in addition to the writing and the interacting in the survivor community, um, is also using a lot of mindfulness, like a ton of mindfulness. 
um, really understanding what it means to be fully present in my life now, every day, in every situation, um, to not look too far, you know, you know, to not look too far ahead of life and to not blow in the mm-hmm. path, mm-hmm. to embrace the moment I'm in right now, wherever it is, whether I'm out for a walk and I'm listening to the birds or I'm listening to the cars go by or, the, you know, a stream or something, or, you know, if I'm fully present, just sitting at the house reading a book, you know, I, I try to stay focused on what I'm doing and not let my mind wander too much because when your mind wanders, then you start to get into trouble and you start to right. think about things and that, and that obviously can open you up into a whole lot Lord, of yes. mm-hmm. uh, pressures and, you know, things like that. So yeah. um, that's been a huge thing with mindfulness and really DVT skills overall um, has been very helpful working on my own um, interpersonal relationships and that type of thing learning what it means to to assert yourself around others in a kind way and really <clears throat> understand who was safe and who was not, who I can mm-hmm. talk to and who I should surround myself with, with, you know, healthy boundaries and safe people. That's been huge. Um, obviously working with a therapist and a coach for a while um, has been very helpful. Um, but th- those are some of the things, just a handful of things that I do that have either worked in the past and or I still do today. Um, you know, dealing with this and because, you know, it really is, um, you know, a lifelong journey and being a survivor, you know, that's kind of what I always say. So it's a constant learning that I really try and embrace, you know, like I said, not every day is, you know, I'm an awesome survivor and I can do everything. Some days it's my God, how can I get out of bed in the morning? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, why am I up all night thinking about this, that, and the other thing? So there are still tough days even now that I've been at this for several years and, you know, that's just kind of part for the course, but by putting in the hard work, by taking care of yourself, doing a lot of self-care and, you know, things like I mentioned, that's really helped me such a great deal um, mm-hmm. in my journey. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, for those of you who are listening, one thing I hope you can kind of draw out from what Matt is saying there is like, is that there are so many pathways, right? And so, um, there's no one way to go about healing. You know, my clients find, you know, the Beyond Surviving program and that approach and that pathway um, to be effective, right, for them. And then, you know, the other people really benefit from work that's more somatic or, um, you know, writing as a as a modality for healing, creative arts as a modality for healing. So that's really good news because, you know, being able to personalize, you know, your healing and the resources that you're accessing. And then sometimes, you know, the best thing, most wonderful thing is being able to get a kind of a conglomerate of a lot of different things, right? As you were talking about, well, I need to deal with this piece over here. So what's going to help me do that? What's the best thing that's going to help me deal with this piece over here? So, um, so thanks for sharing that and just telling us a little bit more about how you tackled that and how you went about, you know, your healing journey. And what I love is that, you know, from that place of doing that work and being in that, um, you have found you know, a passion. You found something that you want to spend your days doing, which is working um, with survivors and particularly, you know, working with them around anxiety. And for sure, anxiety is one of those, it's just, it's going to be there. If you've been through abuse, it's you're going to be dealing with anxiety symptoms and something that we need to learn how to work with and, and, um, and overcome or become comfortable with, whatever the case may be. So I'd love to hear just kind of more, like, talk to us about anxiety. What is it to your mind? Um, what are some of the things that um, we can do to overcome anxiety? What are the approaches that you found that... Um, you know, have been most effective? 
Yeah, absolutely, Rachel. And anxiety is something that obviously affects so many people. I mean, just, just in the U.S. alone, there's over 40 million people that have a specific anxiety type of disorder. And, you know, yeah. you know that's not even to mention you know, just the everyday anxiety that comes through, through life and work and home and all that. But, of course, when you're a survivor of childhood trauma or a survivor of any type of trauma, anxiety is just heightened and it's, and it, it's just it's taken to a whole new level of uh, frustration and fear and really can, can be just be so debilitating. And mm. one of the key things that I learned throughout my journey as a survivor <clears throat> is to understand anxiety and try and figure out why it happens and where it's coming from and what makes it happen and why it affects so many people and, you know, how, how we deal with it so differently in ways that we can learn to get a handle on it so it doesn't become so debilitating and take over our life on a daily basis. And <clears throat> one of the biggest things that I'll share that I've learned and that I work with clients on is that understanding that anxiety in and of itself is full of tricks and lies. Anxiety is basically trying to keep you stuck, to keep you miserable, to keep you alone, to keep you living in fear, to keep you stuck in the past, to keep you trying to guess and anticipate the future and worry about everything all the freaking time, like all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there, there, there is some, you know, some will say that, you know, that having some anxiety is good and that, you know, everybody has some type of anxiety. Well, you have to kind of be careful with that statement because a lot of the general anxiety that, you know, it may be quote unquote natural or good for you is really just fear. It's mm-hmm. fear of, what's going to happen. It's fear of what's happened in the past and you repeating it. It's fear of you not being able to handle something. So, you know, and fear is something that obviously, you know, we're all, we're all born with that natural response. I mean, you know, it helps keep us alive. So fear is obviously not a bad thing, but anxiety plays off of fear and really can really just get you into this mode of being so afraid of trying anything new, of going anywhere, of doing anything, of even leaving the house, of getting up in the morning, of, of going to bed at night, of, of interacting with others. Like it just, it can be incredibly detrimental to your everyday well-being. So understanding that <clears throat> anxiety is using everything in your life that it can against you to try and keep you miserable and stuck. And to understand that, you know, another thing is that <clears throat> anxiety is, it's, it's relentless. You know, it doesn't just say, okay, well, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of got Matt stuck for today a little bit, so I'm, I'm, I'm just going to let him go and go deal with somebody else. No. Like, anxiety <laughs> will just pile on and pile on and keep you stuck and miserable. True. Right? Like, it's it so true. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it doesn't play favorites. It's like, okay, I'm going after everybody and anybody, and I'm going to pile it on and pile it on and pile it on until you are so unbelievably down and miserable that, you know, you can't even leave the house. You don't want to go to work. You don't even want to go to the grocery store. You don't want to go to that dinner party. You don't want to go out with your friends because you're afraid of so many things happening that probably aren't going to happen. Or if something does not work out as you know to the greatest you know way, it's probably not going to be as bad as what you're thinking about. So mm-hmm. understanding that anxiety is full of tricks and lies is one thing that I really work with my clients on. And when I understand that, excuse me, you know, when when I first learned that, it was life changing, and it immediately allows you to to really take a hold of anxiety to acknowledge what's happening and say, you know, literally sometimes say to yourself, Hey, I feel anxious right now. Anxiety. I know what you're trying to do to me, but I know I'm safe. I know I can handle this. I know that, you know, I can do whatever's going to be, you know, I can handle whatever's coming or, you know, whatever the case may be. But, you know, 
really taking that initiative on your own behalf to do a little research to figure out what anxiety is trying to do to you, and then you can head it off at the pass before it even starts by taking care of yourself and using various techniques to really kind of not, you know, to, I mean, to, to really lessen the effects of anxiety really mm-hmm. pretty quickly. I mean, you know, anxiety may have been troubling you and, and, and me and, for, and for, for everybody for years and decades, but the way to get out of it does not take years and decades. It really doesn't. I mean, more often than not, just a simple understanding of what it is can really, right. can really take that journey journey to the next level. Yeah, so true. Yeah, what a wonderful way to kind of conceptualize anxiety, that it is, you know, a way of us keeping keeping us in the future like what ifs. And in that space of the what ifs, the things that we imagine often are um, accelerated or more intensified than what, you know, will probably most likely actually happen. Um, and that it does, it just kind of keeps us in this loop. What if, what if, what if, if that happens and then that might happen and then this might happen. And it's all mm-hmm. like this big, you know, um, you know, bubble of lies and confusions and fears, right, that are that ultimately right. exactly, as you say, end up say, keeping us stuck, unable to take action, unable to move forward or to have the experiences in our lives that we really want to have. So I love, first of all, the encouragement that you're giving um, to our listeners to learn. You know, the more that we understand, I totally agree with that. The more that we understand, like, what's going on on a nervous system level, on a biological level, on a brain level, um, and then just as a concept on the whole, then, you know, once we have that education piece and that understanding, then, yes, we can kind of come in now and and do things to start countering the effects and reducing anxiety. And... um, so talk with us about like one of your favorite strategies for um for overcoming anxiety. Well, yeah, um I mean there's so many, but one of the best ones and um you know, one of the ones that I that I really try and embrace for myself and work with clients on and one that I've written about a lot is really just honestly taking a step back. Because, you know, when when anxiety thrives, you're living in the emotional moment. You're living in the emotional mind. Well, you can't think rationally. You can't make logical, rational, um, you know, thoughts and, and decisions on your own behalf because you're spinning out. You're worried about the future, the past, you know, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever's worrying you for you at the time. Literally pause, you know, take a step back in your mind and say, okay, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. What's really going on here? Am I really in danger? Am I really you know, worried about, you know, such and such happening at work. Is this really going to try, is this really going to play out the way that my mind is trying to tell me to? Mm -hmm. And so you separate yourself from the emotional moment and you almost kind of look at yourself from a high level point of view, you know, like, um, like you're look, you're, you're looking at yourself from a distance, you know, you know, looking down at yourself, playing out this scenario. And when you separate yourself from that emotional moment and you can say, okay, I am really safe now. This is not necessarily going to happen the way that my mind is trying to tell me. I am capable. I have been this. I have been through this before. This is just anxiety trying to trick me and to keep me stuck and miserable. I know that I can go into that office or into that 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 dinner party or or, or run that errand or you know deal with that, that that problem at home, whatever it is. I know that I have the 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 capability to do it because I've done it before, and I know that there's nothing to fear other than what anxiety is trying to lie and tell me. So. One of the biggest things is that anxiety thrives in, in the emotional moment. And when you can literally, you know, I mean, like if you're walking somewhere or you're standing somewhere, like literally pause if you can, 
and just say, okay, what's going on here? What's really happening? And when you do that, you immediately disengage the emotional mind. You start thinking rationally, and you can make your way to that decision and navigate it um, much more clearly and much more healthy in a more compassionate, kind way to yourself than the, oh, my God, I'm sending out everything sucks, everything's terrible, you know, you know, all these types of things that anxiety tries to tell you mm-hmm. in the moment. Yeah, really important, really important what you're saying there about um, our ability to pause and to take a step back is key in so many areas for survivors of abuse and trauma and very in particularly when it comes to anxiety because that, you know, that brain of ours, it wants to just, you know, spin a tail, if you will. <laughs> and mm-hmm. if we don't Absolutely. interrupt that process, oh, it is going to take us somewhere, right, um, uh, on quite uh, a ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when we get into that, you know, the emotional mind, um, we can go into a dysregulated place and we do that, like the prefrontal cortex part of our brain just stops kind of being as on the scene where we can do that rational, calming, kind of um, executive functioning kind of thinking through. So to be able to take that pause, step back from it, look at it from a different angle, ask those questions, so many really great questions that you just shared there with, with our audience. So thank you for that, for how to actually access that. Uh, so yeah, really cool. Now I know on your um, website you have a, um, a download, um, a five-step to cease anxiety um, kind of free gift that you know is really meant to help people empower themselves and and learn more. Can you tell us just a little bit about that guidebook and what people can expect to find when they download it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I made this downloadable when I was really kind of working through a lot of you know. Um, you know, things with anxiety, you know, when I was doing a lot of research, and it's called CEASE, C-E-A-S-C. It's an acronym, and really it's kind of five easy things that, that you can do. And, of course, as you mentioned, it's a free downloadable on beyondyourpast.com. All you do is go there, click on the button, and you can download it immediately. It'll be sent to your email, save it to your phone, your computer, whatever you want. But it's really just five quick, easy things that you can do when you feel anxiety starting to kind of take over in any situation, whether at home, at work you're out for a walk, you're dealing with some kind of problem somewhere, and, you know, you start to feel yourself getting kind of shaky and nervous, you're starting to feel anxious, you're worried, you know, all, all the things that come along with feeling anxious, and it's really just things, you know, um, you know, as I said, it's called cease, and the first letter C is check your breathing, you know, obviously first, you know, you know, check your breathing, is it rapid, is it shallow, you know, am I breathing hard, am I breathing fast, am I even breathing at all? I know mm-hmm. that sounds weird, but it's, you know, right. it's hold our breath. breath. Mm-hmm, for right. sure. Yeah. So, you know, check your breathing. And, and, and the second one is, is evaluate. Take stock of where you are. Am I safe right now? Is there anything I should be aware of? What's going on around me? And by doing that, as I said, you know, you're starting to disengage all the emotional parts of your brain going haywire in a hundred different directions. You're starting to see what's around you and you are disconnecting from, from, from all of the um, emotions that are flying by in your mind. And then you ask yourself, where is this anxiety coming from? You know, what, what, what happened yesterday? What happened an hour ago? What am I thinking might happen tomorrow? You know, figure out where the ang- anxious feelings are coming from. And the next one is use your senses to ground yourself. And here's where you really start to disengage from the emotional mind. And, and, and you really start to just kind of really start to relax and kind of come back to a normal kind of playing field, so to speak. You know, use your senses. What do I see? What do I hear? What do I feel? What do I smell? You know, all the, all, you know, um, what can I eat or drink? You know, physically, you know, put your hands on the, on the, on the chair, put your feet on the ground. What am I smelling? What am I hearing? 
and you're focusing your attention not on the fear and the anxiety, but you're fo- focusing it on yourself and what's around you and you personally, and that is just incredible. And of course, that's part of being mindful. And then the last one is ease back into the present. And, you know, so, so you, you know, your breathing is kind of back to a normal plane now. You know that you're safe. You figured out where the anxiety is coming from. You've grounded yourself. Now you go and distract and do something else, you know, and, and, and it's not a distract of, you know, just pushing it aside and, and, you know, kind of pretending it didn't happen or that it's not there because we never want to do that. It's a distraction of, I understand what's going on. I figured out what's happening. I'm safe. I'm going to go do something self-care. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to make dinner. I'm going to call a friend. I'm going to text somebody. Anything to focus your mind on something else. And, and you know, really all this can be done in just like a minute or so. You know, and then before you know it, you're back to kind of feeling, you know, kind of even keeled and back on track and ready to continue your day. So it's a really easy, easy process that you can remember with the acronym. Of course, you can get it for a free download. But it's really just five quick steps that that really really can help you in a pinch. Awesome, that's so wonderful. Yeah, you know, kudos to you for, you know, the everything that you've done. Really, you know, Matt, in your journey and in your healing, to be able to come to this place of, you know, being able to put things together in this way. Right, I'm a big fan of making things simple and easy. <laughs> uh, oh, sometimes, yeah. you know, we exactly. make this journey super hard, and it doesn't have to be. So, the, you know, the more, you know, clear cut it can be in this, you know, process that you've just been describing is so wonderful in that. That way so I love that and it's really been great to just kind of dig in and explore this topic with you and kind of get your take on anxiety and I hope for those of you who've been listening that you've learned a little piece maybe you've been just encouraged if, if nothing else that this is not a place where you have to remain stuck that this is something that you can learn to work with and overcome and um, and be free from, really, at the end of the day. Um, so I want to take a moment to, to talk a little bit, Matt, about the, the other resources that you have available. So um, there's the survivingmypast.net, which is your blog, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then your podcast, um, which is how can people best um, get the podcast? What do you recommend? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so the survivingmypast.net, of course, that, that's the blog that we talked about earlier. Um, that features not only my story, but, of course, survivor stories from, you know, people all over the world who are survivors of all different types of trauma. Um, and, you know, there are links on there um, to other resources, including my coaching. Uh, the podcast can be found on um, actually either survivingmypast.net or my coaching website, which is beyondyourpast.com. And all you do is go there. There's a link up at the top that says podcasts. Um, you know, you can catch all of the replays on SoundCloud, on, on iTunes, uh, on Spreaker, you know, all your basic podcasting apps, they're all there. Um, and that's really a podcast that I do that I've been doing for, oh, I guess maybe about a year and a half now or so, um, you know, since I really started diving into it. And it's all... You know, um, a lot of the initial podcasts are just me sharing my story as a survivor, dealing with anxiety, dealing with feelings of loneliness, problems in relationships, you know, all that kind of stuff that I, you know, that, that I really just got in front of the microphone and started talking. And then um, you'll notice, of course, as, as you listen more and more, <clears throat> it's evolved into really bringing on a lot of guests, fellow survivors from all over the world, advocates, life coaches, clinicians, everyday people who are using their story, who are using their careers, who are using their talents and their gifts 
to to help others. And of course, Rachel, you've been on there. I think it's four times now, three or four times on my show. Yeah, (laughs) I know, right? It's awesome. So, yeah, you can definitely check it out. You know, just search for Beyond Your Past on you know iTunes or whatever. Of course, just go to beyondyourpast.com. Awesome. Yeah, I really encourage you all to take advantage of the many, many resources that Matt has put together, you know, through his own journey and through collaborating with other survivors and advocates, et cetera. So check out the blog, check out the podcast, get that free download. And of course, if you're interested in working with Matt, if, um, you know, you want to learn more about his work and his programs, you can visit beyondyourpast.com or you can email him coaching at beyondyourpast.com and get in touch with him and have a conversation and learn more and see if he can be of a support to you in your journey. So, Matt, I'm so thrilled to have had this time here with you today. It's been just just great to connect again. And um, any final thoughts uh, for our listeners today? Well, yeah, um, Rachel, just thanks so much. I love your show. I'm obviously a big fan. I enjoy what your, you know, the message that you put out is just so spot on and you know, I love what you're doing, and I just know that you help so many people. So it's been a true honor for me to be on here with you. And, um, you know, I think just one thing I would leave with your listeners um, is that you're right. Being a survivor of trauma is not something where you have to stay stuck forever. It's not a lifelong sentence of, of misery. Um, you know, it's not something where you have to just be living in the, living in the past and, you know, I'm damaged goods and all this kind of stuff and I'm broken. There's healing available out there. There's so many avenues, so, so many creative ways that you can express yourself in your own healing journey. Um, you know, things that we talked about earlier in the show. And, um, you know, just understand that it's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. It is a lot of hard work. But if you embrace it with the mindset of learning about yourself, learning what happened, putting the pieces together as to why you feel the way that you do and things that have happened, and you start to understand how it all gets traced back to childhood trauma, it's incredibly liberating, it's enlightening, and it's encouraging when, when you start to advocate on your own behalf. So that's definitely something I encourage everybody is take that first step on your own behalf, you know, start working through it, you know, with a safe professional, reading about it, you know, writing about it, doing whatever you can to help yourself because ultimately it's going to be you that takes that first step towards healing. Yeah, cheers to that. I couldn't have said that any better. Right on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll take that advice. That's some really good advice right there. Oh, man. So thank you once again, Matt, for being here. And thank you, everybody, for joining us and tuning in today. Um, Don't forget to visit rachelgrantcoaching.com to learn more about sexual abuse recovery coaching and to explore the other resources that are also available on the site. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast Leave us some comments. Let us know what you're learning and gaining from listening. And then tune back in next time because we have so much more to share with you. And until then, take good care of you. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 